Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ethics in football, we dug ourselves a hole. Is it right or wrong to smash a player's skull? Hey, no easy answers, but there's one thing I know. Now it's time to play that banjo. Football's our favorite, but won't you please take note? We see it's got some problems, we're all in the same boat. Reckoning with football's past, I reckon you better paddle fast. Boys, I think I hear that banjo. Welcome to Banjo College Football, the world's most ethical college football podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Paul, joined as always by my fellow capos, Ross McCarron, Brian Scott Rippey, and Andrew Stevens. Ross, how's it going today, buddy? It's going pretty well. KP, how, uh, how are things with you? Things are going pretty well. Um, just got confirmation that Texas is not yet joining the uh, SEC next season. Uh, because they're already on Alabama's schedule, um, which was officially released by the SEC today. So it's going to be a little bit of time before that. Yes, but whether or not they're in the SEC yet, have we confirmed whether or not Texas is back? Uh, well, they beat Rice 58-0, which is something that they probably wouldn't have done last year or the year before. So That's a good point. And as uh, yep. JFK once said, why does Rice play Texas? Uh, they're bored. You know, Austin's a cool city. Houston's cool, too. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you just want to change the scenery. Uh, there's a lot of things to do in Austin that you can't necessarily do in Houston, like probably a better live music scene overall. Uh, a little bit less humid, so it's not right on the Gulf. Uh, plenty of reasons for Rice to play Texas. JFK had all sorts of opinions about it. Uh, I think JFK had one opinion that I'm not even sure one city in Texas. Uh, is that two straight weeks of JFK jokes, Andrew? I don't know. What is this, Banjo 38? I think, pretty sure it's 38. We We're think. getting close to Banjo 40, which is wild. Was it, does that mean over the hill? Is this podcast going to die? Like, does this podcast have the average life expectancy of someone from the south? Like, Andrew, even if even if this podcast even if this podcast dies, no one's ever really gone. I mean, Stetson Bennett hopped in and did his best Bryce Ramsey impression. No one's ever gone. No know? one's ever gone. <laughs> what does dead man ever die? Uh, Stetson no Bennett just said, gone. "You know what? I'm gonna." 
You know what? Georgia scored two touchdowns on beautiful drives back to back. The fastest pick I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes you just want to see your kids have fun out there. And the you game was wanna... like not like you know, sort of in doubt. You know, not that Georgia was ever like you know afraid that they would lose that game, but it was only fourteen three, and South Carolina scored on the drive after the pick. Like, <laughs> we did. Uh, we did a Dabo Sweeney putting his kid in, except. Kirby fucked it up and put him in except, in the middle of the second quarter. Except you went up sixty six to seven. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I have said this once and I, I will say it again. Allow Kirby to recruit and coach practice, and then you lock him in a papoose from ten a.m. until ten p.m. every single Saturday. Buddy, he's gonna, he's the governor. He's gonna get that eight a.m. game played at some point. <laughs> No, Ugg is the governor. Kirby's the uh, I don't know what what if Ugg is the governor. What is Kirby? Ministry Kirby's of the underboss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so fellas, uh, a pretty pretty exciting week of college football we had last week. Uh, just a few or highlights I kind of want to hit on. Number one, which it seems like everyone's talking about, uh, looks like Alabama's mortal this season. Uh, did any of you get a chance to watch the game? I know Ross did, but Brian and Andrew, did you like watch one second of Alabama, Florida? And if so, just what do you think there? I think there's a lot of takes you could go uh, in either direction there. Oh, I'll start. Um, yeah, I watched basically all of that game, and then I watched a rain delayed Ole Miss after that. And Ole Miss hasn't played anyone yet, but. I thought Alabama looked human for the first time in a couple of years, and I think that game in Tuscaloosa is going to be very fascinating. I'm not sure how great of a chance I would give Ole Miss to win that game, but I think it. I would be actually more surprised if it were weren't competitive than it were. Was my overall takeaway from that? Yeah, I. Uh, it was really one of those games where, um, I as a Georgia fan felt like. Um, I won, but like, like you kind of go into games like, oh, I wish both these teams could lose. It kind of felt like both of them lost a little bit. Florida actually lost, and Bama fans, for the first <laughs> time, are a little bit scared. And so, I don't know. Yeah, Andrew, that's a great point you brought up. Um, Alabama actually did win the game on the road against what appears to be a really good team. Um, I don't think I don't think it's a cause for panic, like a lot of the Bama fan base has sort of uh, taken to the last few days. Uh, maybe a cause for concern that, uh, you know, the defensive front got gassed, which we really haven't done in a long time. But Dan Mullen's a hell of a play caller, man. That's probably the only good thing I can say about Dan Mullen, literally, like the only good thing I can say about him. He's a hell of a play, offensive play caller. So, you know, I, it's not super surprising that, you know, they kind of got control of the game because Dan Mullen is now, you know, he's put Pete Golding in a blender two games in a row. Uh, so yeah, tough game, but you know, Bama's not going to roll up everyone forty-five seventeen this year, and that's fine. Yeah, but like, it would be cool if they did. Personally, I'm I'm also holding on hope that um, like LSU takes one off of Florida, and so Georgia can go into the cocktail party truly worry-free because those are some of the best games. Even though it is nice to be Florida. 
that's the difference though with Alabama though, right? So far this year is like, it's not that, so like the whole, like, is Alabama taking a step back towards like 10 and two, nine and three thing, I think was definitely overblown. It was mostly the fact that they were a little bit, I don't even know if younger is the correct word, less game experienced. Whereas they went into a hostile environment after a year, not having fans, some of those guys for the first time, other guys just not having done it in quite a while. Whereas in a lot of years, Alabama has what five guys that, you know, 365 days from the time that game's played will be helping an NFL team immediately to where I feel like that's really the only difference this year. They still have as much or more talent than anyone in the country, but it's not as seasoned and NFL ready yet, which is going to be interesting because I think what two of their three tougher opponents, you know, Florida included, I guess you go three of the four, you know, happened before Halloween. Whereas if you saw it in November, you'd probably feel better about them rolling 45-17. That makes any sense at all. Yeah, it definitely does make sense. Um, I do think it. Miami is not what we thought they were, and we can get into that briefly later on. But Florida's really good. And, you know, in years past, like I bring up 2019 all the time. Um, shout out to our old AD, Bill Battle, who scheduled Duke um, <laughs> at a neutral site in Atlanta and then promptly retired um, right after scheduling it. Uh, but Bama just was not battle-tested at all until they got to LSU. And, yeah, like that LSU team was one of the best teams ever. Uh, but Bama quite clearly had not been in a fistfight um, going into November. And that really just – they started slow against LSU because they hadn't been in one. So I do think just overall this Alabama team will be better for this game. Uh, obviously, they got to look their wounds a little bit, and they get to do that with Southern Miss coming up. But, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, if – if LSU turns it around and they come in a Brian Denny at eight and one or whatever, like I'd feel not as worrisome about that game. It all depends on Ole Miss, which again we can get into that next week. But yeah, I, I'm not. I don't think the sky's falling for Alabama just yet. Okay, so we had this debate the other day, and not to turn this into an Ole Miss thing because, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, there's more time for that. But today, as an Alabama fan, would you not be more worried about – maybe I'm just too optimistic about what I've seen from, like, Levy and Kiffin offensively. But, like, if I were an Alabama fan, I would be infinitely more worried about Ole Miss at this point based on what you've seen on the field than LSU or Texas A&M. I'm not even sure how close that is. Um, it's I'm, – oh, I'm definitely worried about Ole Miss more. Yes. I'm just saying it in terms of just getting into a street fight. You know, Alabama – Oh, for Alabama sure. Alabama got to do that in week three, whereas, you know, in years past, they've had to wait until week nine for that. That's what I'm getting at. But overall, yeah, no, Ole Miss I mean, is, it is terrifying. Definitely Again, true. not sure who they've played. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sorry, I Ross? think obviously, like – well, I mean, we all have, you know – weird off games and you know a lot of times you'll see um a game and like think it means a lot and then the next week all of a sudden you know that it gets flipped right on you but you know watching what AM's done this year so far like they haven't looked bad but they haven't looked to me like you know the number one Alabama threat like it's been Ole Miss this year and like what they've done and what they've been able to put together um so you know even though you know the schedule says Ole Miss is ranked 13 and AM's ranked seven, so like that should be the bigger game against AM. I'm personally it's the it's the Ole Miss game that that you know I'm more worried about right now. I wouldn't be worried about um AM at all after what I saw from both of their quarterbacks this season so far. Um another game was in College Station. AM has recruited very well, you know, pretty much everywhere else, but 
Jimbo basically needs like an ace in the hole quarterback to do his thing. I mean, we saw obviously he kind of struggled that first year and a half or so at Florida State until EJ Manuel took over and he turned EJ Manuel to a first round pick. And then he had, um, according to Andrew, one of, one of the best college football quarterbacks ever in Jameis Winston. And then that. No, no, you're bastardizing <laughs> my point. <laughs> Everyone always does this. I said. Jameis Winston would have the best college football resume in history had mm-hmm. he won the national championship in 2014. That is complete. We do not live in that reality. Had that happened, that was it. Uh, yeah, and that that's saying the same thing as Jameis is one of the best quarterbacks ever, uh, but continued. Uh, but yeah, and then once Jameis left, like FSU like declined really immediately, and then <laughs> his starter got hurt week one, twenty seventeen, and then he left Florida State like four months later. I don't think A and M is really a threat to Alabama. Like we've been saying, it's Ole Miss is probably the scariest team left on the regular season schedule, and that's really mainly because as Rippy alluded to, what Kiffin and Levy have been doing on offense. Um, but I, I don't think they're gonna like last year. Maybe they kept Alabama sleeping a little bit. I guess they weren't fully expecting Matt Corral to be that based on um, what Phil Longo had done to him. But at this point, yeah, they're not taking Alabama by surprise at all. We're very aware of what we're getting into. So that'll be a fun one. You know what was also a fun one this weekend? Penn State-Auburn. Folks, uh, did any of us get a chance to watch this game? I watched it in a dive bar in Gainesville, Florida. So... I watched parts of it. Um, it was – I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on, you know, the specifics of, you know, Auburn's game plan or how Penn State beat them and whatnot. But I just, like, was very much – I found myself entranced by the game. I found myself very interested in watching it. It, it Like, you would turn on the TV and you could just sort of tell it was a big game that the people there were interested in, and I was having fun watching it, even if I wasn't paying super close attention to, like – you know, how good Sean Clifford looked. I was pretty yeah, impressed I, by I, Auburn. Because don't you, we all agree at this point, like Bo Nix is what he is away from home. Like, I mean, he was not good in this game. It's like, I, I don't really know. I mean, he's not, he's not the 18-year-old kid in Arlington anymore that threw the duck to Oregon that really just got a lot of play on social media, even though it was kind of a <laughs> shit pass. Like, he is what he is here, right? Yeah. Like, but at least Auburn, I think the reason they were to hang in this game, because at least they have an identity. They can clearly run the football. And I know, like, Brian Arson wasn't necessarily the media darling this offseason just because his inability to be, say, you know, hey, it's a good thing to get vaccinated, which, whatever, <laughs> self-inflicted wound on that front. But at least they know who they are. Like, are we sure Auburn's not the third best team in the West? What are they, like – they're a slightly worse defense than AM, but they run the football very efficiently. And like if I were LSU watching that game, I would be like, oh shit. Cause like Bo Nick's not good, but if you can make him throw it 20 times a game and not turn the football over, who can Auburn not beat? Like outside of Alabama. Like who could they not go in and beat? Particularly if you're not very good run defensively. AM's probably a tough matchup, but like expecting a down year from Auburn, I think they will be in most games they play. My biggest takeaway from watching that game is that, you know, finally, uh, you can only take so much from Akron and Alabama A&M, but it seems like Auburn has finally stopped trying to make Bo Nix happen. 
like we know what Bo Nix is, and he is not a guy that can win you a game on the road. Um, and like Auburn finally realized that, and you know, I guess like maybe Brian Harson didn't feel the need to make Bo Nix happen because Patrick Nix wasn't breathing down his neck during that whole recruitment. But yeah, they ran the ball. They tried to play good defense. I mean, you play a really good team in a hostile environment, you're going to lose by, a, you know, a possession from time to time. You told me Auburn would have gotten boat race 35-10 this game before it started. I would have been like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, and they were in it until the very, very end. So I hate to give They impressed me, and I still think they are at best the second team in the West, this, the, the third best team in the West this year, but – and I thought they had a chance to finish fifth or sixth in the West this year. They could be third. So, you know, I guess there's some proof of concept there for Harson. Yeah, I mean, I there was definitely proof of concept there. I am still – they hung with Penn State. Penn State looks good this year. But I am – and this is almost certainly just due to, like, personal bias. I'm, I'm going to wait a couple more weeks before I'm like, this is – you know, they're – Pretty sure I'm pretty sure they have a chance at third best because I do think it is still possible that it, it, it falls apart a little bit more. Um, you know, we may find out that like it is not outside of their own possibility. They've looked good, but you know, Ole Miss has looked good, Arkansas has looked good, LSU. Hell, you never know what's going to happen with them. So, like, it is also possible that they still end up as the fifth best team in the West. Is Arkansas the best yes. team in the country? <laughs> they might be the just, best coach I, team in the country. Just like definitively tell me that they're not. They may have the best identity in the country. You know, Sam Pittman doesn't even God. try to, you know, say maybe KJ Jefferson can throw down the field. No, he can't. We're just going to run counter and we're going to run inside zone uh, 40 times a game. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I am be I am beyond intrigued about this this Arkansas Texas A and M game this weekend. Oh, that's yeah. um, Arkansas got, yeah. got a hell of a next four games. They have A and M. Oh, we've got a, Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn, four in a row. You know what Arkansas yeah, reminds hell. me of? They remind me of um, they remind me of Daniel Kaluuya in movies. Like I just want them to have a good time one year. Just, just <laughs> like that man is. You, you, just, you just want them to have a single fun actor. movie. That if man you're... is an extremely talented actor, but man, he, the roles he plays are just like rough. Like they put you through the ringer, and that's Arkansas' schedule every single season. <laughs> My issue with Arkansas is, is like. So, like, I think second in the West, particularly looking at the Haynes King injury and what Calzada has looked at, I don't really give a shit what he did against New Mexico State other than get a little more comfortable. I just don't really see it. Second in the West is pretty wide open, is it not? I'd say it's not. I think it's very clearly Ole Miss right now, but, again, it's week four. Well, and if Ole Miss gets three injuries in the wrong places on defense, that team slips I you know, a level and a half. So I'd like to see them stay healthy and like a little prove it against a team with the pulse at this point. But yeah, point still well stated. But I guess my point in that is, is like out of those teams that you think could vibe for second in the West, I think Arkansas is probably the most talent inferior. 
But like, it's a kind of, I guess, the great like paradox of this whole Sam Pittman thing. He actually, like, he was what all those stories in 2019 about Matt Luke surrounding himself with two former head coaches. Like, Sam Pittman is like the real version of that. Like, what all those articles like hoped Matt Luke's thing would be, he actually is. Like, Bryles and Odom are awesome, and I don't think there's a team that's better prepared on a given week than Arkansas is. I just don't think they have the talent. I mean, they're starting a kid at a quarterback that Ole Miss, of all places, didn't lose sleep over losing out of their backyard in Batesville, Mississippi. So I don't think the talent is there. But at the same time, you catch them fully healthy with A&M with the backup quarterback. Are we sure not, they're not going to win this game next week? Like they're, they, like you could look up. There's a weird world where Arkansas ends up in a like second in the West, and you're like, how the fuck did this just happen? They're gonna just grapple their way Less- to second in the West. Like just they, they're gonna get you yeah, to the ground. I think, I think we uh, and just keep you there. Yeah, we, we've got the the A and M Arkansas game on the on the, the rundown a little later, so we can we can hold off on on pontificating on that one for a, a couple more minutes. But I, I got to um, Wait, have we yeah, we have a no, rundown? We 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 have a rundown. Yeah, just read your freaking text. You're Andrew. in the same group um, text. When? Oh God, we got fancy. Oh no, yeah, I didn't read the rundown either. That's why I keep <laughs> just stepping all over the rundown. Sorry, now I have it up. I didn't see. Yeah. It <laughs> so um, I we. We we could talk about Michigan briefly. I'm just gonna. I don't want to. I'm just gonna say it. It's nice that they look like they have a pulse. I think college football is a little bit more interesting when Michigan is decent. Um, again, I'm not saying they're gonna beat Ohio State yet. I'm, I'm not gonna say that until I physically see it happen. But yeah, they have a pulse. It looks like, which is good because they have not had that recently. They have a real. They have a real um, test this week. So. I I personally yeah, so, like um, Michigan being good this year. <laughs> Old, only because I think that it just continues to further push the, the uh, is Jim Harbaugh actually a good coach at Michigan conversation down the line just one more year because I, I felt like we were leering too far in the the Michigan is, experiment is broken. He's never going to topple even the Ryan Day era at Ohio State. And now I feel like we got some real momentum going back in the other direction. And so thinking get to the top of that mountain really, really somehow careen into a 10 and 2 finish and really bring us back to the I don't know. Well, I think so they had different paths and I think they were coming with different results, but like at the end of last season, I almost sort of thought of Harbaugh and Clay Helton in the same position where it was like, we're pretty sure they're not the guy, but they've been just good enough that you can't fire them yet. But like, you're not excited about it going forward. Now, obviously Harbaugh had all this history, so they wanted him to succeed. Helton was succeeding more than they wanted him to, but, um, no, the I, fun I, thing I, about Harbaugh though is he would he allows so many people to delude themselves into thinking that the team is actually so much better than they are. Like Clay Helton, I felt like there was at least a like come to Jesus with what the program actually was, especially when you get whomped by Stanford like that. Like like Harbaugh has provided just enough of a taste of like, oh we we can have it, but then ends up crashing back to earth or crashing well three feet in front of the playoff. Is that well, not more the, of a reflection of what is, Michigan is, though? It, oh, it, go ahead, it KP. Is Sorry. A reflection of Michigan. Yeah, I'm just going to compare 
Helton and Harbaugh in one more quick way. I mean, Harbaugh's first year, they open the season, which I have no idea how this game at Utah gets scheduled, but they open it and they lose that one pretty convincingly. Then they go on a run and then they lose maybe the most hilarious ending this side of the kick six ever against Michigan State. And then Ohio State packs them up. And then year two, they're great. And then they just lose on their, in that overtime game against Ohio State. And then in year three, they go like eight and five or whatever. Um, Clay Heldon won the Rose Bowl in year one and then won the Pac-12 in year two. Like, it, <laughs> like it, it, Clay Heldon had such a head start. Like, he had so much leeway built up. And obviously that was four years ago and that erodes over time. But Harbaugh never did that. Like Harbaugh never won a major bowl game like that. He never – won his he hasn't he won his conference. Super Bowl. He went to the Super Bowl. He hasn't won. No, it, it was, <laughs> and what happened? No, but I mean, KP, this is the thing that I, I found interesting in that, like, they were, I thought they were, like, both the same and complete opposites, which is that, like, everyone wanted Harbaugh to succeed, but he never was succeeding to the level they thought. So they were kind of in this no man's land where they're like, we want to keep him, but he's not there. And Clay Helton, you know, he, he won that Rose Bowl. He won the Pac-12. And then, like, last year, he won the Pac-12 South. I think they went 5-0, and 5-1, and one, something like that, before the Pac-12 championship game against Oregon. And obviously 2020, 2020 is, is nonsense, as we all know. But, like, um, I, if it was the same thing where they're, like, they always – I felt like they kind of wanted to get rid of him because they're, like, we know this is not the guy. He's just a placeholder who just kept winning just enough that we couldn't get rid of him, which, I mean, you can tell because, like, their opening game – I don't remember who they played week one, but it looked pretty good. And it was like, all right, you know, maybe this is still real. Maybe last year wasn't a fluke. They got stomped by Stanford, and he, you know, basically got fired on the tarmac. Like, so they wanted to get rid of him, but it was, I don't know. I thought of those two as, as very similar in that they were in this position where uh, the winning was not in level with what the expectation was, but they'd both been there a while, so it felt like it was towards the end of the rope because it you know, sort of was going to have to come to a head. They had, it was going to have to come to a head. They were going to eventually have to do the thing they wanted to do or they needed to do. God, guys, we uh, not to go so like full Colin. Can we? Oh, sorry, God, <laughs> sorry, yeah, no, no, we'll move on. No, I just had like no, no, I just no, don't no. get the the That's Michigan thing. like I don't get the Harbaugh like Michigan thing in the sense that like I just think it's an absolute reflection of what Michigan is. If you're that pissed off at like you know you hired the prodigal son. I was actually I don't know why I remember this, but I got invited to Mississippi State's Outback Bowl when Rich Rodriguez. Honestly, now that I'm thinking about this, this is really just an entire small world version of my life because I came in contact with Rich Rodriguez for a very miserable six months, uh, some 10 years later than 11-year-old me sitting in a hot tub in Jacksonville with a buddy of mine when State played Michigan in the Outback Bowl, whatever it is, and Michigan fans were like came and like joined us in like the pool or whatever, and they were pissed. They're like, "Ah, oh, we're getting Harbaugh," which didn't happen. He went to the Niners instead. But point being, like, then they finally get him. If you're pissed about this, is it not a reflection of what the job is? Because the only time Harbaugh sucked in his entire career are the first two years at Stanford when he built it up out of nothing. It's the only two times he's ever finished below 500 in conference play in anywhere he's been. I mean, he won 22 games over two years at San Diego. I guess last year kind of did somewhat counts because it was such a disaster, but I'll give him a COVID pass. Hell, they played six games. I, he has faults. His inability to get the quarterback thing right is just kind of mystifying to me, but I don't think that guy is very bad at coaching football, even though if he's just kind of a, a clown of a human sometimes. I, I just think if that guy, if you're not satisfied with that guy winning 10 games a year, three out of the six years he's been there, 
your job's probably not as good as you think it is. Michigan, and again, this is the last thing I want to say about Michigan on this podcast, um, but they see themselves as Ohio State's equal while wanting to do none of the things that Ohio State has done in the last 15 years yes. to get to this point. Um, they are not, they want to be warrior poets and scholars and pillars of the community. And Ohio State wants to win the national championship. And that's the main difference there. Um, so, yeah, his, some cognitive dissonance his, there. I'm sorry, I just have his, this is not a Michigan thing, just before we move on. His San Francisco Niners tenure, when you just look at it from the sheer perspective of Wikipedia, is absurd. Because what's the biggest thing when college coaches go to the NFL? Like Urban Meyer, it's like, oh, it's not the same thing. It's not going to work. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh goes 13-3. and three, He loses in the NFC title game to Eli and the Giants. 11-4, and four, loses in the Super Bowl. 12-4, and four, loses in the NFC title game. 8-8, eight and eight, fired. That was his entire tenure with the 49ers. <laughs> That's absurd to me. But he got weirdly wrapped up in all that Kaepernick stuff too, where like he, like the, the end of the Kaepernick era coincided with the end of him. And then they're – I don't know. It, it was – His personality does not translate. This yeah, GM hated him. Yeah, exactly. And that was when – was that when they were bringing in Lynch too? Yes, like they, that did not. It was a personality deal more than anything. But it's just funny looking at it on paper. He goes thirteen and three, eleven and four and one, twelve and four, eight and eight, fired. He never finished five, below five hundred in an NFL season and lasted four years. <laughs> yeah, he um, that his person. If you're not winning, there's no reason to be around that personality. Um, moving on very quickly, Ross. I hate to skip over this, uh, but we are. A little behind schedule. Uh, Wake Forest Demon Deacons, 3-0, uh, and also in first place in the Coastal. Or is that Atlantic? No, in the Atlantic. Yeah. First so, place in uh, the Coastal, baby. Good for them. Undefeated Demon Deacons. Uh, I, I don't know. They're, I thought they were – I forget if they're Coastal or Atlantic. But, you know, whatever. They're there. Um, next on here, and then we'll move on to Wait, a little week four preview. The Coastal is a bad one. Well, th- th- there's oh, no good or bad of it. It, it, it. It's Clemson. It's Clemson, Clemson and like, not the Clemson. Cle- They're in first place in the one with Clemson. The Atlantic's, the Atl- yeah, the Atlantic's not the good one. It's just the one with Clemson. Um, but so shout out to the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. But next, what I want to talk about, buddy, we have to talk about the Clemson Tigers. What are they doing on offense, man? <laughs> I, I have no idea. It. It's it's baffling. I watched a good bit of that Georgia game, and I was able to blame a lot of that on a like Clemson just not having center figured out against like Jordan freaking Davis, um, and B Georgia just having overall the best defense in the country, which is just they're going to do that to a lot of teams to smother them, and they're just gonna blitz like hell, and <laughs> their DBs are gonna just play sticky all night, and that's it. That's that. But and, and listen, I'm the biggest Jeff Collins fan on this podcast. But there's no reason why you should be scoring 14 points at home against a Jeff Collins team, um, specifically a Jeff Collins Georgia Tech team. I are there any answers here? Do you guys have any idea what the issue might be? Because this is bad. This is very bad. I mean, I, the it's it is very confusing. So it's hard to. Dabo's deal with the devil's running out. 
The only thing I can think is that, you know, they're just like slowly getting up to speed with DJU. You know, that was the thing like when he was in was in Notre Dame and Boston College, I think last year. And everyone yeah, said, he you know, like oh, 300 yards in there. both those games. Yeah, there was like Trevor Lawrence wasn't there, so that's why they lost. And I was like, that's insane. He re- he threw for like 600 something yards across the two games. And but, you know, it's possible that like he has the skill and he can throw the ball and, you know, all that stuff, but you know, the command of what they're doing and it just in terms of like executing the game plan, not just like making a throw, but putting the plays together is just not there yet. I mean, he is still young, um, although he is still big. But, like, I don't know. If, if it's not that, they they should never be – they should not be within 10 points of this NC State team. And that line is 10 right now. Oh, I got it at 9.5. But, yeah, it's – I, I will be shocked if that game is if that margin is less than seventeen points. Um, Andrew Rippy, you have has any idea what the issue at Clemson might be? Because I'm truly baffled. Like I watched like I, like the fourth quarter of that Georgia Tech game, and I I was just kind of shocked at what I was seeing. Is Georgia Tech just secretly that good? There's no way, right? <laughs> I. I actually think Clemson has a perfect offense that just happened to get stymied by an even better Georgia defense. That happened again against Georgia Tech, whom you also love equally. Love equally. I I love that state of Georgia. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't have a ton to add. I think there's a world where Clemson still ends up being pretty good. I think Georgia's defense actually has the potential to be all-time and so that's a tough week one matchup, right? And then, like, week two oh, – excuse me, week three, the, the whole – like, they had the weather delay, and, like, that's not a full-on excuse. But, like, I honestly didn't get to watch very much of this game just from, like, the viewing setup I had. So I was, like, trying to read about it a decent bit afterward. And I kept reading about, like, how uh, – what's the offensive coordinator at Clemson's name? Tony Elliott it was like, yeah, yes. they played us totally different – than they did a year ago. Yeah. And it's like, really? After Georgia Tech gave up 73 points, they, they decided to play you guys differently than try the same thing again. And that, <laughs> like, coupled with the fact that they do replace, like, three starters on the offensive line, like, I think it's probably just growing pains. Like, yes, it, did it look bad? Of course it did. And I'm, I'm certainly leaving the possibility open that Clemson is not good this year. But I just think there's a lot of moving parts, and I think there's a world – where you look up and they win two more games ugly, and then by November you're like, oh, holy shit, this team's actually pretty good. But I'm also open to the flip side of that as well. I just really don't know. I just think there's more unknown with this team everywhere else. Everyone wants to make a kind of an emphasis to quarterback, and rightfully so. I just think there's more unknown outside of quarterback than Clemson's had in years past and less continuity, and I think that probably manifested itself in that game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a lot of people have pointed Speaking, out. Hang on, I need to. I need to touch I, on this, KP. If you, if you'll give me a second. This please, please don't damn. That was Ross's part, politics. Yes, that was Ross's. That was Ross's politics voice. So I need. I need to. I need to touch on this. Speaking of the like, they played us differently. Did y'all see what the Western Michigan head coach said after that pit game? Oh God, no! I did okay. not. So I'm taking the silence. Why would I look that okay. up? So Western Michigan beat Pitt 
last week. It was pretty tough. Pitt, like their defense was looking pretty good this year, and a lot of Pitt fans were sad. After the game, the Western Michigan head coach and came out and said, of course we won. Their defense played us exactly the way we knew they would because I was the offensive coordinator at Syracuse six years ago, and, I, and Pat Narduzzi has not changed a single thing about his defense. Every single thing was called the same, so I knew exactly what he was going to do the whole game. So obviously we won. That's Hell yeah. Insane. That's a great point. That's a great anecdote too, by the way there, Ross. I don't want to derail the, uh, the rundown. I would like to reserve like 90 seconds at the end of this to shit on a lack of adjustments from a certain SEC school that is in Mississippi. But continue. Yep. Yep. Oh, we, 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 will, we will give you that rep. Um, moving into a quick week four preview. We've already touched on Clemson, NC State, and a Arkansas uh, briefly. And we can come back to those. Uh, but, but this is a thin week. Um, of the <laughs> of the best games we have listed, we have ULL, Georgia Southern, and Rutgers, Michigan on this list. It is a thin week, um, more so than any other week we've had this year so far. We've got Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Um, I don't know how, how do we feel about that one? It's in Chicago, which is dumb and lame, but they are playing it, so good for them. I. I mean, it is – it's like the highest-ranked game this week, right? Like in terms of ranked-on-ranked ranked quality game, technically? Arkansas A&M. Oh, yeah, you're Yeah, right. but Big Noon That's Saturday is not going to be at Arkansas A&M. That is true. It's – I am – I'm not sure I'm going to watch Notre Dame-Wisconsin. That sounds so unpleasant. LSU State has train wreck potential. That's my that's a secret Sigos game of the week nominee for me. Um, but yeah, I guess a game of the week for me might actually stay in Arkansas for sure. Oh god, that game's at eleven a.m. in Starkville. Christ, eleven a.m. in Starkville, baby. Jesus, that's where <laughs> hell is made. That's gonna be terrible. I'm gonna watch the shit out of that. I yeah, have family absolute nightmare. This, so I'm, I'll be distracted. I'll be somewhat distracted for a good bit of it. Um, but I'm gonna, yeah, it's kind of a thing. We aim it. I'm excited for Arkansas to be up like 17 to seven at halftime, and then inexplicably go into overtime tied at 24, and then lose like 30 to 27 on just like the most bonkers um, six broken tackles play by Texas A&M. It's what it's what's going to happen. I, I haven't seen that not happen in, the, in this game yet. So they need to get that game back on campus, man. Like I, Arkansas, like I'm sure if they play that game in Fayetteville, they would feel a lot better about the program just moving forward. If they can get it in Fayetteville every other year. Yeah, I don't understand why because like it's in Dallas every year because of Jerry, but I would think he would yes. want it. In Fayetteville. I mean, obviously, he loves money more than, like, himself. No, you don't want to leave your house to go anywhere. No. No, no, no. Ross, he loves I himself get more than money. He, he's what, like, he gets his alma mater to play in a monument that he built to himself. That's, a, that's all he's ever wanted. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. one of those guys that has, like, a 12-foot nude oil painting of himself in his house. 
Yep, sorry for a second. I, I thought he was human. I won't let that happen again. Yeah, and then the thing is, if they if he you know wanted that game in Fayetteville, he'd also have to have the game in College Station. Jerry Jones is a hog through and through, and any Southwest Conference grad knows you do not go to College Station if you don't have to. And he has enough money to make that game never happen in College Station ever again. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, thin week, guys. Whatever you get back on campus. Yeah, the we, two we, biggest we, games being in, uh, in stupid-ass yeah. NFL stadiums is frustrating. Yeah, and it's like the Notre Dame-Wisconsin game, man, it's not even in Lambeau, which is cool at least. It's in freaking – like Chicago. I like Chicago, but that game's at Soldier Field. Soldier Field sucks. <laughs> yeah. I always find it interesting looking at, like, what the games are that got the major networks and – like it's it's a tough slate. The three thirty ABC game is Rutgers Michigan. How? That's not <laughs> what you want. No, but Who's next week is CBS I, game this week. That would be A and M Arkansas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's fun, I guess. Hey, big dogs game. It's Vanderbilt. See if we can make it real nice and uh, I, uh Missouri Boston College. You can College extend is that fun. one streak to five. You can extend that one streak uh, to five. Vanderbilt, Andrew. <laughs> That's huge. That's huge. <laughs> it's a new Joe Biden is president. It's a new era. Boston College. Although, I don't understand how Missouri gets these games. How does, how does Missouri get these games scheduled? Missouri has to play like Purdue, UConn, Boston College. Now. How do they UMass. get these games scheduled? Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> it's not yeah, no, that sucks so bad. Is Missouri the new anytime, anyplace program? <laughs> have they taken that from Florida State? I mean, they're not going to win, but they will go. What was the what was the really serious State went to you a couple of years ago? Um, yep, thank you. Yep. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. That game they, was in Gillette. Not only was it UMass. And they signed that deal when UMass was FCS. Yeah, UMass what? went FBS before they ended up playing the game, but they signed the deal when UMass was FCS. I don't understand what, what state gets that. I mean, does state like heavily recruit um, New England? We still didn't talk about. We still <laughs> dance from Pennsylvania, if that counts. Well, no, we got a one segue back on the mention of Pennsylvania. We didn't fucking talk about how Penn State didn't wear white jerseys during the whiteout. Andrew, I think you're the only person that like is upset about that. I, that that's insane. It's, it's but how is it? Auburn went white face mask. Wait, what? Auburn went white face mask. How did they, they they participated more in the whiteout? That's what I'm saying. The other team wore all white. That's crazy. If you looked at the if you looked on the field and said, I don't know anything about college football, there's a white stadium. What team do you think is the home team? I, I think you would point to the team wearing all white. You think well no, first Andrew, of all with you, I, I had football, not so the I had team not comprehended this, but you're correct. It's just that we, 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 we've just completely missed the boat here. 
Yeah, KP, get out of here. What do you mean, Mr. Buck? Andrew, they've done the whiteout for like they've done the whiteout for like they've done the whiteout for like eighteen years now, Andrew. What do you mean we've missed? Are you just noticing this? (laughs) Yes, it's it's insane. (laughs) That's insane. That is insane. Like as Georgia, Georgia, the one of the things that they have fucked up immensely this this uh, century is. Their their There's timing of wearing a jer- is wearing certain colored jerseys. One thing they don't fuck up though is coordinating the team color with the fan color in what they're wearing. We've at least got fashion. Right. Clearly, you don't know anything about fashion because uh, a good contrast can always be good if coordinated correctly, which Penn State does very well. Andrew, I, I think you just but that would have been- take take a deep breath that. You're complaining mm-hmm. about a game where Auburn lost. What? <laughs> yeah, but that – I don't care about that. I knew Auburn was going to lose. And Auburn isn't – But their uniform – I think that it looks really cool when the – as someone that's seen this in person, it looks really cool when the entire stadium's in white. And the team coming out of the tunnel – has white helmets and white pants. And they're in the accent color, which is a really cool navy blue, is also coming out of that tunnel. That is a an amazing scene. And it doesn't even matter. Like, again, Michigan was wearing all white when I went to that game, too. Um, it didn't matter if they were wearing all white. No one, like, <laughs> it, it didn't feel like Michigan was like, oh, wow, like, they are definitely the home team here. No, it, it never feels that way. I don't think too much about it. I think it's a cool tradition. I think they should keep wearing navy jerseys. Also, Andrew, it's Penn State. They're yeah, never wearing also, white at home ever. <laughs> but they they're giving the opportunity for Auburn to do something like the white face masks, which I think it was uh, Justin Ferguson who said like when they Stupid. when they dropped those that if Auburn won, they're instantly legendary, and if Auburn loses, you never see the white face masks again. Which Auburn lost, so we're never going to see them again. But like you are offering up the opportunity to not just lose at home in what you are calling like a, a big celebration game. Like you are picking this is the whiteout game. This is the game we want people to care about. You're allowing the other team the opportunity to stunt on you. In addition to beating you at home with all your fans. Like just don't give them that opportunity. Well, Ross, first scared money don't make money. All right. You're you're talking like a you you sound like a coward right now. Um I am a coward, Kevin. Other, you know this. Don't give the other opportunity to stun it. You know a good way to stop the other team from stunning on you? Win the game. And that's what they did. Good for them. Get good. Shout out to James Franklin. He's done it. Um, Real quickly, sickles game of the week before we do a rapid fire pick six. Uh, we've got LSU at Mississippi State, UMass at Coastal Carolina, and Louisville at Florida State. It's pretty clearly Louisville, Florida State here, right? It's got to be Louisville, Florida State. I don't know what's going on there, but it's not pretty. Definitely definitely the highest profile uh, potential for Sickos game of the week. You don't have many rank-on-rank rank, uh, potential Sickos games, and this Notre Dame-Wisconsin game could be ugly. I'm talking like I'm talking like 1912 or something. Yeah, but if you watch a full Notre Dame Wisconsin game in 2021, that's not like you know a cry for help. Like those are still two like good teams. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. If you would have watched either of Notre Dame's last two games, that's pretty pretty cry for help. Yeah, but it's not like uh, – there has to be just like potential for one of the teams to just be horrible in the game. Like last week it was Oklahoma-Nebraska, and it didn't really pan out because Nebraska looked competent. But if that game went the way we thought it'd go, I mean, they'd be – that game would have been 45-6, to six, which would have been more sick, but no. I don't. I think even Notre Dame Wisconsin is seventeen thirteen. That's not really a sickos game, you guys. This this might not be sickos, but in terms of like power conference on power conference, unpleasant to watch. There's going to be some late night action that no one's going to see because it's on the Pac-12 network. But Cal Washington is going to be ugly. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Oh, holy shit! Yeah, those that might be it. Those we. I got. I'm I don't glad know. That's we, on the Pac-12 we have, network. We have the Pac-12 network is not on any TVs. I will pay someone a hundred dollars if they rock dual screens for the entire game with Illinois Purdue on the left and Kansas Duke on the right in the af- mid afternoon hour. How, how much? No, I, not, I, not you. <laughs> you're one of those. You're one of those. Uh, like you, you can't win the lottery because you know somebody that audits the lottery. You, 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 you are uh, invalid from participating. That's uh, that's a very generous offer, Andrew. I, I've, I, I hope the person uses that hundred dollars to pay for therapy. Um, right after that, because <laughs> um, they sure right, shit folks, on Folks, um, pick six. Pick six. Yeah, let's go um, quick with them, KP. Which, uh, let's KP. Oh wait, let's all let's, let's all regale let's, our uh, our records from last week because I went five and one. Oh, good week for five and, I went and, two and one. I'm not I'm not doing half too bad this year. I I need to start actually betting these picks. I went two and four, um, uh, but I am undefeated. I'm undefeated on Georgia overs. Uh, two and zero oh, taking those. That's good. I love to hear that. And I also came out on Ross. Cincinnati minus three and a half at Indiana. I also went two and four, I think. I started out one and three, and I'm pretty sure I finished. Yep, I finished two and four. So, Rip, I think your your picks got lost to the ether. I thought I put him out on Tuesday. I, I missed my phone was MIA for part to Saturday. I had Cincinnati. I had Memphis. And I don't remember after that, but it couldn't have been good because I believe those two ended up being wins. All right. So uh, it sounds like we all went two and four on the week, which means, Andrew, you were last week's uh, pick six winner. So before we run through this week's, as as the official policy is, because we're not betting on games because we only follow laws. Uh, as we lost, you win. Who? What? Uh, what mutual aid organization are, are the three of us donating to this week, Andrew? Um, I think we should kick it off with uh, Imagine Waterworks, which is uh, a New Orleans-based um, climate readiness and response mutual aid network, and they've been doing a lot of good stuff in the River Parish communities following Hurricane Ida. So Imagine Waterworks uh, is their Instagram handle, and all of their donation links are on. 
All right. Thank you, Andrew. And uh, next week, whoever wins, which unfortunately the way the season has gone so far will probably be Andrew again because uh, everything is bad and all our <laughs> things suck. Um, he will decide again who uh, probably the three of us again will tie at last. Next week, we're starting so, money laundering. So I'm thinking hey, one of us go back on track. And, yeah, um, let's just each say, let's go two by two. Um, and then just kind of go from there. So my first two, I've got Notre Dame plus six and a half against Wisconsin. Um, I do know Notre Dame has struggled a bit, but it just seems like one of those Notre Dame years where they can just kind of drag you down into the mud and win a game. Um, so I've got them plus six and a half at a neutral site against Wisconsin, which as you know about Notre Dame neutral site games, it's going to be a home game for them. And my next one, as I, um, actually, no, I'll go with this one. Texas minus eight at home against Texas tech. Um, this will be a bloodletting. Like I truly don't see anything good about Texas tech this year or really in the entire Matt Wells era. So yeah, I, I have Texas really taking tech behind the woodshed. KP, why don't you just run through all six and then we can, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get it to everybody's and probably cover all the games this week. Perfect. All right. Um, I also have Clemson minus nine and a half at NC State. Um, NC State is horrible. And even if Clemson only scores 17, I can't see NC State scoring eight in this one. So, um, yeah, that's, that's that one. Uh, I've also got ULL minus 14 at Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern just doesn't have their normal it factor that they normally have. They're not fun to watch. They're quite, you know, bleak, especially offensively. And ULO just seems to have their feet under them a little bit, and they're still just a much more talented team. That game's in Statesboro, but I'm still not worried. Southern Miss plus 45 at Alabama. You just As Ross knows, you never pick Alabama to cover in these games ever. I would not be shocked that this is just a 38-6 to kind of deal. And finally, West Virginia, Oklahoma, under 56-and-a-half. This is more so of a Spencer Rattler has to show me pick. Lincoln Riley still his play caller, so I'm, I'm not too worried, but he has to stop playing with his food as he's done really all year so far. Those are some solid picks, uh, KP. I, I almost jumped in on that Texas Texas Tech line. Um, my my one common one. I'll hop in with you there. I also Clemson minus. I had it minus ten uh, because I'm either uh, dumb or a man of honor. I'm going to choose man of honor. Um, I. Th- I think the Clemson thing was a little bit of an overreaction from last week. And like KP said, um, NC state is pretty terrible. And I, I, even if, even if Clemson can get two or three touchdowns up there, um, I think that can be a pretty easy cover. I also have Iowa minus 23. Um, I, I think that, uh, I th- they, they are playing an extremely weak Colorado State team, um, a Colorado State team that has been beaten by Vanderbilt and by South Dakota State. Um, and so I know no disrespect um, to the uh, to the Jacks, but much disrespect to Vanderbilt. I also have Arkansas plus six. I'm going to ride the Sam Pittman whomping train for one more week. Uh, US or UCLA minus four and a half. Um, I, I do not think Stanford, uh, is, I, I, I just, I am not in on Stanford. I don't think one, anyone's going to watch that game because of, uh, PAC 12 blackouts, but two, um, I think that 
uh, Fresno State is a very, very legitimate team. I mean, we saw how they played against Oregon last year or last uh, earlier this year. They beat Stanford late or UCLA late last week. But I think UCLA will do what it takes against Stanford. Uh, I'm going to ride the Mel Tucker train one more week, Michigan State um, minus five. And then I am going to take Maryland minus 14 and the little tongue of Iloa um, as they play Kent State this week. And so I expect nothing less than 6-0. and oh. uh, I will see y'all next week as uh, commanding donations. Who's Michigan State playing this week, Andrew? Uh, um, who know who's Michigan State playing? Just minus five. Period. Just you believe that much in Mel Tucker? Just, I guess, it just that, that that's, doesn't matter. To, <laughs> in, anywhere, anytime. Oh, Nebraska. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh God, God. God. Yeah. It's yeah free, so, free month, Andrew. <laughs> uh, I will issue one correction on Andrew's picks, um, which is that it is not the little tongue of Iloa; it is the turtle tongue of Iloa. Um, as I saw on Twitter a little while ago, and made me very happy. And I will be referring to him exclusively that way. Uh, as long as he is a member of the Maryland Terrip. Nice. Go Terp. All right, Ross. Rep, you're you got your six? Oh, I'm up. All right. Um, this is actually funny. You guys have been running through. I like made a like a, a long list of about like 12 picks I was considering, and you guys went with a couple of them. Um, so piggybacking off of, off of Andrew and KP, I'm also taking Iowa minus 23 against Colorado State. I think Colorado State's bad. I think Iowa might be really good this year. I'm also taking Louisiana minus 14 against Georgia Southern. Again, I think Louisiana is good, and I think Georgia Southern just doesn't have it this year. It's um, it's ULL. All right, I'll go with ULL. But you know what? I'm, I'm you're gonna not going to call, you're not gonna call them that other name. It's actually it's Louisiana. I'm going to call them that other name while we're here. Oh, Jesus. I'm not from there. We're, I can not do whatever I want. Oh, um, shit. Now I'm around. <laughs> As, as to KP's point, you know, waiting for someone to show me something, I'm going to take Wyoming minus 29 against UConn. I have no reason to believe UConn will cover any spread this year. I know Wyoming is a le- is not great, but still, I believe that UConn could easily lose by four scores to Wyoming. Um, Did they also announce UConn's not retaining any of their staff after this year? So talk about being an extreme coast I also saw the, that they are planning to start 14 freshmen this week. Does the interim get Randy Etzel's contract? Because for COVID, we actually came up with a drinking game on the radio about Randy Etzel's contract incentives because they actually came to Oxford. Like If they gained like 20 yards, he got like 100K or some shit. His, in- His incentives were absolutely obscene. Um, and some NBA player got one that if their net rating was above like plus 2.7, they got an extra million dollars. Congratulations oh, to all yeah, the his, Kings like, out there uh, with these amazing contracts. Yeah. So we, may we all be so lucky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my next pick, uh, I have not, I cannot come up with a good reason. I don't know if anyone on, on this show can explain to me why Oklahoma State is favored over K State this week. Um, I think Oklahoma State has looked I, I K-State looked pretty good. So K-State is – I picked it – K-State was getting six points against Oklahoma State. I probably would have taken K-State to cover a couple of points, but I will definitely take them plus six against Oklahoma State. And then uh, I'm closing out with some really disgusting West Coast unders. Uh Jesus I think Arizona Christ. might be really bad. So I'm taking Oregon, Arizona under 59 because 
even if that game's 48 nothing, that's still under 59. And as we mentioned in our Sickos game, no one's going to watch it because it's on the Pac-12 network. But Cal Washington, the over-under set at 46. I am taking that under. Ross, you have to watch that whole Cal Washington game. You have to. I can't. It's my birthday wish. I physically cannot. That, it is on the Pac-12 network. It does not exist. Um, you, you better find a legal way to watch it online. Wink, wink. That's my birthday if wish there is, for you to do that. If there is a gentleman in Oklahoma who is willing to stream that game with his feet in frame, as he did for that Army-Oklahoma game two, three years ago, I will watch Cal Washington. That is kicking off at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Banjo after dark. Ross, Ross, big feet guy. Good to know. All right, Rip, um, what, what have you got for us? Yeah, I'll make it quick. I'm going to start out with LSU minus two and a half on the road because I don't believe in the whole system is the system thing in any major conference in college football, but particularly not the SEC. So the whole idea of not getting your best playmakers the ball just because your system is the system seems like a real shit strategy that could lead you to a 11 a.m. loss in the Liberty Bowl or something hypothetical like that. So I'm going to go LSU minus two and a half to start. And then I am going to go next with I think I'm going to go Georgia Tech plus 12.5. I get the letdown game after nearly beating Clemson, but I've seen Phil Longo poop his pants a lot against decent defenses. So I will go Georgia Tech minus 12.5 at home against North Carolina. Uh, Hopefully Phil Longo runs that get open play a lot because it doesn't work, and I'll cash that. Let's see. I'm going to (laughs) go SMU plus 9.5 in the Iron Skillet game. Uh, right here in the backyard, they're playing TCU. I think TCU is pretty good, but I think SMU's ability to score enough points will lend itself to that game being a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Hoping I get lucky. So that's three. The fourth one I'm going to go with is, you know what? To hell with it. I'm going Cal. I saw Washington lose to whatever that team was that says the Grizzly Bell or the mascot. I think it's Montana. Don't really know anything about Cal other than I like their whatever their head coach's name is. Uh, he looked like a real stout individual when I walked by him briefly uh, through a cafeteria in 2018. So plus seven and a half there. A lot of logic behind that one. And then I think I'm going to go with West Virginia plus 16. I think Neil Brown has a decent football team, and I am not sold on either Spencer Rattler or Oklahoma's defense. And then the last one I will go with will be – ooh, here's a tough one. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with Wisconsin minus six because that line doesn't make any sense because everything in my brain would tell me to hammer Notre Dame. So I'm going to go the uh, – Opposite of what my brain says, and go Wisconsin minus six. All right, folks, that, that's your. Was that six? Banjo, I didn't count. Uh, it, I'm almost positive it was. You did a pretty quickly, Rip. That was very impressive. That sounded like six. Cool. We'll call it six. If it's not five, I'll just count the other one as a win. Folks, that was your banjo uh, pick twenty-four, and that podcast was banjo thirty-eight ish you know give or take one uh thanks again for always being here with us we will be back here um, every tuesday on spotify green room at 8 p.m god's time aka central to the uninitiated uh but yeah until then um eat your veggies and finish your breakfast folks talk to you soon